Grace, mercy, and peace be to you from God our Father and from our Lord and our Savior Jesus Christ. Uh, this morning we are going to begin with the meditation on the passion of our Lord. Uh, let's begin with the word of prayer. Father in heaven, we give you thanks this day for the gift of music for your Son Jesus who gives us a reason to sing. Uh, Lord, for he has come to die and to rise for our salvation. This Palm Sunday, as we enter into Holy Week, we pray that you would prepare our hearts and our minds uh, to serve you well and to receive your gifts with joy. Now may the words of my mouth and the meditation of our heart be pleasing in your sight, O Lord, our Rock and our Redeemer. In Jesus' name, amen. I think I'm going to do this from the pulpit this morning. This will be kind of nice. Well, this morning, uh, we have this wonderful cantata prepared for you, and this is a time where we're going to hear uh, the story of Jesus' passion, the week he lived before he went to die and rise again on the cross and at the empty tomb, and we will do so as we think about this with song and praise. It will be a wonderful meditation for us this morning. But as we get into this, I want you to think about the concept this week of following Jesus. After all, this is the position of every disciple, that is to be a follower of Jesus Christ. And to follow Jesus Christ, what we learned during Holy Week, is no easy journey. Though to be sure, following Jesus leads to the greatest of all rewards, or perhaps it would be better for us to call it uh, the greatest of all gracious gifts, salvation and eternal life and the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. But what we learn as we await those rewards and those gifts is that the road to the resurrection full of peril and death. Now you wouldn't think that the way that this week begins because it begins with joy and with celebration. For the king has come, the people cried out, waving palm branches, Hosanna in the highest. Their king had arrived. For he who gave sight to the blind, who fed thousands, who drove out demons and raised the dead, had arrived to bring them what they perceived to be their victory and their glory. All he had left to do was to throw out Herod, kick out the Romans, and establish himself on that throne. And once Jesus had done all this, they would be on easy street. They could set up their homes on the glory road. For they had a king who they believed would fix all their problems and make life perfect for them. Now it is strange, of course, that he showed up on a donkey. That seems like kind of a shame. But not to worry. Who has time to think about shame when the king has come. Now, it would be wonderful to stop on Palm Sunday, but that is certainly not the day to stop when following Jesus. For to stop at the Hosannas in the celebration is to live in the anticipation of an unrealized hope. It's to celebrate simply for the sake of celebration. But this day demands that we keep following Jesus. And so we follow him through his week of teaching where the leaders get more and more angry towards him and we follow him all the way to Thursday and the Passover festival. We follow him to the meal that is to remind us of the sort of God we belong to, the sort of God who rescues his people from tyranny. At the Passover meal, they remembered that the Israelites were freed from Pharaoh's evil clutches when God sent the angel of death to defeat that Egyptian tyrant. The blood of the lamb was wiped on the doorframe of the Israelites' home, and they were set free to follow God's servant Moses into the promised land, into their freedom. But at that Passover meal, when Jesus was in charge, he didn't speak much about that salvation event. 
We disciples follow Jesus to a meal where he says it's actually all about him, that the bread is in fact his body and the wine is in fact his blood. And it is his body that he is about to offer as a sacrifice for the salvation of the world, not from Pharaoh, but from the tyranny of sin, death, and the devil. And the blood that will set people free is not from sheep to wipe on the doorframe of a home, but it is the blood of Christ that you will drink in the wine. And this blood shed for you and drunk by you will cause the wrath of God to pass over you. And though this meal is a true miracle and a true gift, it's a meal Jesus establishes on his way to something else. So Jesus will get up from the table and we will follow him into a garden that is dark and full of tears to a place we don't want to go, to the cross. But following Jesus means going to the cross. And this following was too much for the apostles all of whom either betrayed him, fled, or denied him. But Jesus had called them to follow him. Jesus had called us to follow him. And to follow him is to take up a cross and to die to yourself. To follow Jesus is the death of your sinful, selfish, glory-seeking self. The problem is they just wouldn't die, and neither will we. But that won't stop Jesus. Follow him or not, Jesus will go to the cross and there he will die. There, Good Friday, there are no hosannas to this king, just a crown of thorns and calls of derision. No joyful meal, but sour wine and vinegar. No blessings from heaven, beautiful angels or glorious light. Just agonizing cries of lament from the Son of God who cries out to the silent, dark skies. Here the seeking shepherd has been abandoned by his sheep who swore to follow him, and here he dies for their sake. Here on the cross he dies for your sake. And though he cries out on the cross, it is finished, and he certainly means it, it is finished. That is, the tyranny of sin, death, and the devil comes to an end at that cross. This Good Friday is no place to stop either. Yes, Jesus has died here, and it is finished here. But he has more to do. There are more places to go. So yes, Christ will enter death on Good Friday, but he simply cannot stay. He's just got too much living to do. So he rests on the Sabbath in the cool darkness of the grave. But then life returns on Sunday morning. Jesus comes back to life on Easter. That morning where Jesus walks out of the grave alive. Where the hosannas turn into hallelujahs. Where we learn that the body and blood and the bread and wine are not merely sacrificed but risen. And where the blackness of Good Friday is drowned out by the brightness of the morning star who rises. And from that place, Jesus will now follow you into your abandonment, into your sin, and into your denial with this message. I have done all of this for your sake. I forgive you. Now follow me to eternal life. Dear baptized, beloved children of God, as we follow Jesus into Holy Week, we will learn that his last week, his, not really his last week, but the week before his great resurrection, will now encapsulate our own lives. 
following Jesus means for us that we will bear a cross, we will face opposition, even death. But in following Jesus, you know that death is not the end and the resurrection is coming. Eternal life awaits. You who follow Jesus, yes, you will follow him through the valley of the shadow of death, but you follow him who knows the way out and has prepared a place for you for eternity. So this week, in our whole lives, let us follow Jesus with confidence, knowing that yes, weeping will tarry for a night, but joy comes in the morning. It is a promise, one for you, on that cross. Amen. Let us pray. Lord Jesus, we give you thanks for the salvation that is ours. And now, Lord, we pray that you would hear our praise and our song this morning as we once again meditate on your salvation, one for us in your passion. Grant us this grace in Jesus' name. Amen. Huh? Go for it, yeah.